Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Way We See It podcast. I'm Tati. I'm Ariana. And welcome back to episode 18, baby. Yep, episode 18. And it's currently 12.09 a.m. right now. The most latest we have ever recorded. Yeah, for real. It's 12.09 a.m. Currently Saturday, November 14th. A whole day late. <laughs> on the episode we apologize um ariana that's crazy because that's how i know our friendship has really grown because what's the call i was literally gonna say the time too you just read my mind it's telepathy oh yeah so we know we're an episode we're a day late but um tati and i we recently we both recently started working and i work during the day and she works during the night so this mm-hmm. is gonna be like the time, the only time we had this week to record this week's episode. Yeah, it was pretty funny because like out of all these, from the last 18 weeks of us doing our episodes and everything, this has never happened. <laughs> like, yeah, we had that one episode where we couldn't because of technical difficulties and everything, but excuse me, <laughs> this one, like it's just because of work and school and our schedules actually didn't mix anymore mm-hmm. yeah tragic mm-hmm. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah i'm tired as heck like i'm ready to go meet me but i have to take a whole test after this you <laughs> weeks of school yo i hate college I, if i wasn't graduating in just a few more months i'd drop out <laughs> but okay so today we are discussing abortion part two in the last episode we were just giving you guys the history of abortion and how it came to be legal basically and now we're going to be talking about everything that you need to know about abortion so yeah, we can yeah so, um like we said in the last episode the definition of abortion is the termination of pregnancy so the first um subtopic we're going to do is what to expect or do before considering an abortion oh. First things first, abortion is one of the safest procedures in medicine. So if you find out you are pregnant and already know or are considering it, here's what you need to know before you go in order to be prepared. So before you go to the abortion clinic, first verify and get your symptoms, um, like check your symptoms to see if you are pregnant by going to your doctor or by purchasing a pregnancy test. Um, This can just show through morning sickness, being late on your menstrual cycle, your period, um, changes in your appetite and other things. So about six in 10 people will notice new symptoms within a week or two after a missed period and nine and 10 will have noticed symptoms within a month after a missed period. So light spotting can also happen early in pregnancy. About one in 10 people experience spotting within the first eight weeks of pregnancy. This means it's possible to mistake pregnancy um, spotting for a menstrual period. Um, It also, in, in many cases, the spotting is light enough that someone might only notice it when wiping with toilet paper, um, for just under two in 10 people, the spotting may be heavier, but still not as heavy as a typical period. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to look into options because we think it's important to know um, what your options are. Um, so we're going to be using this article um, from HelloClue.com. Hello yeah. Am I saying it right? HelloClue. HelloClue.com. Yeah. Um, which sums up 
um, with information to help you understand what the options are. So we're reading um, straight from the article. You know, yeah. we don't want to be caught for plagiarism. So shout out to Hello Clue. Yeah. So um, these are some one of the options. So some clinics will give you the option to choose between a medication abortion, also known as an abortion pill, and an as aspirate aspiration, yeah, aspiration abortion, also known as surgical abortion, a DNC procedure, or an in-clinic abortion. Your choice may depend on how far along a pregnancy is, the time each method takes and whether you prefer to be mainly at home or in the clinic. Recommendations and procedures and can vary very from very country country, country to country. I actually have a question. So is the abortion pill like the plan B pill? Or is it no, because you're already pregnant. Okay, so plan, okay. Yeah, and actually fun fact, I found this out like three months into quarantine i think my friend sent this to me and like it was this video of a lady and she was at a pharmacy and she was getting the the plan b and she was like hi yeah um i took this plan b and everything but like literally two weeks ago and now all of a sudden i'm pregnant like how does that work i took the plan b pill and then the the pharmacist was like how much do you weigh and she said, I weigh 210 pounds. And she was like, that's why. The plant B pill doesn't work on females that are over 175 pounds. And we searched that up and it's true. It says <laughs> it on the website. I'm not sure if it says it directly on the box or wherever the plant B thing comes from. But if you're over 175 pounds, you can't take the plant B. You have to get an abortion if you don't want that baby. <laughs> That is crazy because mm-hmm. I feel like I didn't know that. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people that are listening did not know that as well. Yeah, literally, I found that. I was like, you know, you can't take a plan B pill if you're more than 175 pounds. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, for real. I didn't know that. that. This stuff is so crazy. Like, I can't even form it into words besides that's so crazy. <laughs> but yeah, continuing... Um, medication abortion is an abortion using pills that you swallow or that are put through the vagina in the cervix. This type of abortion can be done as soon as a pregnancy begins and is usually available, available until week 10 to 12 of pregnancy and sometimes later depending on where you live. It, typic- it typically involves taking one pill at the clinic and then going home and taking another pill. In some areas you may have to have the choice or requirement to take the second pill in this in the clinic as well although most people report a preference for being at home after taking the second pill the uter- uterus will cramp bleed and empty over the course of a few hours similar to a miscarriage boy yeah and as you can see like the language that they're using like in terms of like depending on where you live vary yeah. from country to country so they're being very like, specific. They they saying like yeah like this is the process but this might happen depending on where you live, which mm-hmm. shows how like the law reflects of how processes should go depending on where what state you live in in this country. Yeah, because sometimes it's not allowed in some states and sometimes it is, but there's regulations. There's a lot that goes into it. But that's mm-hmm. why we really wanted to read the article straight from the website because it's so like 
specific and it says these kinds of things to just you know give you guys a better understanding of like what it needs what you guys need to know about it in detail mm -hmm. so the level of cramping pain and bleeding can be intense and may depend on the timing in the pregnancy a follow-up appointment usually happens a week or two later first trimester medication abortions are safe and are very effective so first trimester is the first three months of pregnancy Mm -hmm. More than 95 in 100, in 100 people who have a medication abortion need no further treatment. In the small number of cases where the pills don't work completely, another pill or an aspiration procedure is used as a follow-up. More serious complications are very rare, occurring in less than 0.4 per, per 100 cases. Yeah. Yeah. This... And that makes me really wonder, like, you have to really, because they mentioned how you can't take the pill, like, past 10 to 12 weeks. Um, so the fetus is still, like, an embryo. That's literally when it's still a cell. It's just combined. It's literally the size of a chickpea. Yeah. So, like, once they take the pill and, you know, they're having that miscarriage, it's really just leaving their system with their period. Mm -hmm. so you know um i don't know if you ever learned this in health class but when we have our periods or leading into our periods our bodies our vaginas release our egg yes um yeah before our period comes or during it and the egg is actually visible it's the only <laughs> cell I've that's seen that egg. i wish i could see it but i've never seen it not gonna lie i've seen it <laughs> what I'm seeing it and I was freaking out. I literally called my mom. I was like, I just saw my egg. <laughs> I always want to see how it looks like, but I feel like it's, it's probably too small for me to see. No, it, it's literally a decent size. And I was like freaking out about it. I was like, no freaking way. This is my egg. <laughs> like, I, it, I thought it was cool, honestly. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Per, parental uh, advisory. <laughs> Yeah, it was so cool, but yeah, so it releases it because, you know, if you're not having a baby, you got your period, the yeah. egg is going to go bye-bye. So, um, continuing this, so some countries currently require that the second pill is in the clinic as well. The UK recently changed its protocol and will allow people to take the second pill at home by the end of 2018. So that's already happened. And so the upsides of a medication abortion is available as soon as you know you are pregnant, no shots or anesthesia are involved, and you will likely have some control over when to take the second pill. The abortion may feel more natural, like a miscarriage. There may be the option to be at home or wherever is most com comfortable for you and shape the space in a way that best meets your needs. You can choose to have someone with you or you can be alone. There is more time and space for awareness of the abortion process for others. This can be a downside. See, I, I like the part when they said you can choose to have someone with you because, um, you know, me and my mental health, you know, background, like I, I feel like women go through like some sort of like emotional things, you know, going through this oh, process. Yeah. The fact that I already have stigma, the laws that that are put into place that having somebody with them can be very good emotional emotional support yeah for real um i definitely agree and that's why i feel like it's really important 
not to even try and mention my sociology class for the 100,000th time, but like there's this thing called intersectionality, switch it up guys, where basically it's like, yeah, we have these issues as women, but then you see how much deeper an issue can be when you take other things about that specific woman. Like my struggles as a woman are different than your struggles as a woman because you're a black woman and I'm a white woman. Mm-hmm. and everything you know so that's what I mean and I feel like we really need to we're gonna be going hard in season two yeah like I'm over season one already because of school but I'm ready for season two at the same time yeah I'm excited for what's to come for us yeah for real and then what are the downsides of the, the medication are, it takes one to two days to complete the abortion bleeding and cramps can be quite heavy slash painful and last longer than with an aspiration abortion. People may question if their symptoms are normal when they are at home, which can be stressful. Medication abortions are typically not available late into a pregnancy as other methods. Yeah, an aspiration abortion, also known as surgical abortion, DNC, or in clinic abortion. That's what it means, guys. An aspiration abortion is a procedure to remove the context of the uterus. This happens in a clinic or hospital. An aspiration abortion is usually available until the week 16 of pregnancy. Some clinics don't offer it after week 12 though, so it's important to check. Yeah, this is because after, we'll get into this later on with some of the other things we're gonna mention, but after week 12, that's usually when the child is a little bit bigger, so that's how it plays into law plays into a role into how you can have an abortion and their regulations because some states have it all the way down to nine months of pregnancy some have it until week 32 and then some just have it until week 16 and each week the fetus is bigger or smaller than the week before mm-hmm. so after that amount of time, the procedure and availability can defer. In some clinics, aspiration abortions can be performed as soon as someone finds out they are pregnant. Other clinics only offer this type of abortion after week five or six from the first day of the last period. Medication is usually given an hour or two before the procedure. And, uh, a type of anesthetic is then offered to block pain and or making you feel sleepy or be completely sleep. A healthcare provider then inserts an instrument into the vagina and through the cervix to reach the uterus. The contents of the uterus are suctioned out. The procedure usually takes about five to 10 minutes. After the procedure, half an hour or so is spent resting in the clinic before heading home. You know, I'm also thinking like, how much does this cost? Yeah, I actually saw that too, how especially depending on your insurance and if you don't have insurance it can either be free or it could be up to like six hundred dollars yeah yeah and i know a lot of people whether they're older people or whoever they've been saying five hundred dollars so that's a lot yeah that that is a lot for a five to ten minute procedure but in total, it seems like it's like a good three, four hours of your time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then the first trimester aspiration abortions are safe and extremely effective. 99 times out of 100, everything works well 
the first time. In rare cases, a follow-up procedure may be required. More serious complications are very rare, occurring in less than 0.2 per 100 cases in the U.S. So the upsides of this procedure, it's only a few minutes, like we said. The discomfort lasts for a very short amount of time and is helped by the anesthetic. There is less bleeding than with a medication abortion. Medical staff members are with you and you may only need one appointment at the clinic. It can be done later in pregnancy compared to the medication abortion and it is slightly more effective than medication abortions. Yes. And then the downsides, it is more invasive, invasive. It is, and then the downsides, it is more invasive. Instruments are inserted through the vagina to open the cervix to reach the uterus. So that, you know, can be uncomfortable and, and everything, feeling that pressure. And then anesthetics and pain medication may cause some side effects. Like you may be really drowsy, um, feeling really super tired afterwards, um, have to eat more to like, build back up your energy you have less control over the procedure the tone of the room what position your body is in and perhaps over who can accompany you in the room the aspirator tool can be noisy some clinics may not offer it as early in pregnancy as medication abortion mm -hmm. yeah so now you guys know the upsides and downsides of each um of each procedure you can kind of like if you're considering an abortion and listening to this you can kind of see you know what are your morals and values and what goes with your choice that you want and you can see which procedure fits you yeah because there at least it's nice knowing that you do have options like you can either just go out go home with the pills and just do that or you can you know do that so it's faster um even though it's a little bit more time consuming mm -hmm. at the clinic so what to expect or do during an abortion though if you decided to have an abortion a counselor or nurse will talk to you right before um, to make sure this is what you want before they perform the surgery or give you the pill they will also want to make sure that your decision is your own and that you aren't being pressured by anyone because that also is a part of the law you can't be forcing anybody especially as a doctor or a lawyer or those things like you could get fired for it doing that um next a healthcare provider will do a physical exam and some tests sometimes including blood tests they may do an ultrasound to confirm how far along your pregnancy is and what your options are they should provide written instructions about medication who who to contact if you have any questions after you've gone home and what to expect during or after the abortion hello clue also suggests that it's nice to prepare um, for the abortion by having comforting things around you like a hot water bottle, menstrual pads, or a friend with massage skills. <laughs> and then we're going to refer back to the document and it explains in detail. Not deep detail, but like what's going to happen during your abortion. So, so first we're going to um, talk about the what happens when you take a medication abortion. So if you've chosen this method, you'll probably be given one pill to take at the clinic and another pill to take at home. Some clinics will ask that you come back for a second visit to take the pills. The first, the first pill you'll take is a medication called mufoprestone. An embryo need, needs progesterone to stay attached to the uterine lining and develop. 
and mifepristone blocks the progesterone your body is producing. Wow, that is a tongue twister. <laughs> You'll then get another medication to take home with you, and in some places, schedule a follow-up appointment a week or two after your abortion. At home or a second visit to your clinic, you'll take a medication called misoprostol. Mm -hmm. Most guidelines, guidelines strongly recommend that you'll wait one to two days before taking the second pill. The timing of when when you take it that may depend on factors that your he healthcare provider will discuss with you. Misoprostol yeah. causes your uterus to cramp and shed its inner lining and contents. So the drug is a type of prostaglandin similar to what causes regular period cramps. You're also likely to take a pain medication such as ibuprofen and anti-nausea medication half an hour or so before taking the misoprostol. Don't take aspirin or any pain medication that might increase bleeding. So some of the symptoms that you may experience the first few days is bleeding and cramping after taking the first pill, um, mifeprestone, but this is uncommon. Bleeding that starts one to four hours after taking the second pill, misoprostol. Um, some people report that it's stressful waiting for bleeding to begin and they fear the pills aren't working. Heavy bleeding with blood clots and tissue for several hours, usually about four to five hours, but it can vary. Clots can be quite large and heavy bleeding can be surprising. Also, heavy cramping for several hours. This can be very intense and can be very, um, and can vary between mild and strong. A low fever and chills lasting less than a day after the second pill, misoprostol, about one in three people experience this. And, we'll and lastly, a low fever and chills lasting less than a day after the second pill, misoprostol, about one in three people experience this, as well as nausea, vomiting, dizziness, diarrhea, and tiredness. Sheesh, there's a lot. Yeah, so, and then these are the symptoms that may happen within the next few weeks after the procedure. So less heavy bleeding that continues for one to two days, becoming lighter over the next two to three weeks, and mild cramping may also continue for two to three weeks. Spotty can continue until, the, until around the next menstrual period. One study based on people's bleeding diaries for the light bleeding spotting continued for about 24 days on average. For one in five people, it lasted more than 35 days. Changes in things like energy level, mood, appetite, and other pregnancy symptoms as hormones come back into balance. In most people, pregnancy symptoms go away within one to two weeks, but may linger for up to a month. Yeah, so not going to lie, after reading all this, me personally, I feel as if that what's called guys, they really got to appreciate their shoddies more because, yeah, they know if they are paying for the abortion, just saying that girl is going through that abortion and has to experience all these things, you know, like her body, like, and I feel that's what makes it, you know, like yeah, and it's even more deep at the fact that people are trying to end abortion and everything, but they're not even going through the things that these women are willing to go through just to have that abortion, you know, and thank God it's safe, but still, and in case you guys are worried about bleeding, it's okay. It's normal. It's gonna, you know, it's it's similar to I when I read this and everything, I think of it being as similar to a period. 
you know? Yeah, I see it as well. But I yeah. never experienced an abortion, but from what I'm reading, yeah. Yeah, so, um, like, I would think that it's as similar to when you first got your period, however young you were, when it was that heavy with those cramps, it's like you're experiencing that all over again. Um, so, yeah, because reading all these things, if you didn't know, I don't, I never understood this when people said this in health class, but our period isn't, isn't just blood. Like it's not, it's just the, our lining in our vagina breaking. Yeah. And that's basically what this is. So it's basically just your period coming so you don't have that baby, (laughs) but yeah. So then now we're going to talk about what happens during an aspiration abortion. Yes, so some clinics will do everything in a single appointment. Others will ask you to come first or a check or do a checkup and some medications to help the cervix open and then come back for the procedure a few hours to a day later. Before the procedure, you're likely to be given some painkillers and antibiotics. You may have the choice of being fully awake, sleepy, or asleep during the procedure. A local anesthetic is an is an an injection given in the cervix to block pain and lets you be awake and aware during the procedure. It can be combined with sedation that makes you feel very sleepy but conscious. A general anesthetic puts you completely asleep and you can talk to your um, clinic, your doctor, to let you know what choice fits you and what you like better. Mm -hmm. So during the procedure, your healthcare provider will examine your abdomen. If you're having sedation you'll be given that medication through a small tube in your arm or in the back of your hand next a speculum is inserted into the vagina to open it slightly so the cervix can be easily reached just like a a palp test if you ever go to the gyno they insert this thing into your vagina similarly like this and they open it and then they just do the palp test and even after that you get some bleeding So that's what they're comparing that to in case no one knew that. Uh, Numbing medication is then injected into the cervix. If you haven't received any pre-treatment for your cervix, your provider will do it at this time. Inserting some small tools, (laughs) inserting some small tools of different sizes to help the cervix open. They'll then insert a long thin tool through the cervix into the uterus and use a handheld suction device or suction machine to suction out the inner lining of the uterus. Like what, like what is shed when you are having your period, like what we just said, yeah. yeah. As well as the embryo. You'll then go to a different room to rest for about half an hour or so before heading home. And then the symptoms. Yeah, so the sy- symptoms include discomfort, pain, pinching, pressure during the procedure, drowsiness, Um, sedation if you use that um, form, light bleeding with small amounts of tissue that begins immediately or within the days of the procedure and lasts days to weeks, sometimes about two weeks, becoming lighter over time, and lastly, mouth cramping for two to four days. Yeah, so that's the abortion process, you know, from the pill to the surgery, and like they said, the the surgery, the procedure usually only takes five to 10 minutes. So it's just the process that you go through prepping for that. And afterwards, that really is a little bit more time consuming if you do do it in the clinic. 
So now that the abortion is done with and everything, now you have to focus on these things if you did experience this abortion. So if you can plan to take it easy in the day or two following an abortion, your hormones are coming back into balance and you may feel sore, tired, and want to rest. It's important to avoid inserting anything into the vagina for two to three days, two to three weeks after an abortion. This includes tampons, penises, sex toys, and etc. This is to avoid any possible infection while the cervix may be while it is still slightly open. So after an medication of um, abortion, it's sometimes recommended to make sure the abortion is complete. At this appointment, your healthcare provider might perform a quick examination, a blood test, or an ultrasound, and your healthcare provider will ask you some questions about your experience. In the unlikely event that you're still pregnant, your healthcare provider will offer you an additional treatment. Ooh, I just read the thing below it. Um, after an aspiration abortion, no follow-up appointment is typically needed after the aspiration abortion unless you experience complications and abortion in your period, these things to look out for. It usually takes four to six weeks for normal menstruation to return after an early abortion. And please note, ovulation can return in the first cycle following the abortion. Ovulation meaning you're easily likely to get pregnant. So if you're having sex within that time frame, you can get pregnant easier during that time. So be careful, you know. So becoming pregnant again right away is possible even before the return of the menstruation. Did you want me to read that second part? It's normal for your first couple periods and cycles to be slightly irregular after an abortion. Tracking can be an un can be an helpful way to keep a record of your abortion, bleeding, and symptoms like sore breasts, cramps, and nausea. If you do track your post-abortion bleeding, include yo. So shout out to Hello Clue because they they doing the damn thing, providing all this information. You can exclude that your cycle in your analysis history, so it won't affect your prediction. So you can use HelloClue.com. Yeah, you gotta look into it. Not. Yeah. Abortion related things, but to see what else they got on there because I like this article, I really liked it. Yeah, it's, a, it's an easy read, although the, the science words were hard for me to pronounce. But yeah. it's read, and I really the medications, it. you know, because I didn't, I didn't know about abortion procedures, I knew what abortion was, but I didn't know about the different procedures and like the exact steps that go into it. So I yeah. appreciate that now I know this information. I actually, I I knew, but I didn't know that there was the pill and all that. I thought that, you know, there was plan B, but that's before you get pregnant. And then there's just abortion. Mm -hmm. And I knew, like, I found out about the suctioning stuff when I did my debate senior year, but I didn't know anything besides that, really. So then next, you wanted to make sure that everything is okay, because there may be possible complications. It's common to wonder um this to make sure blah, 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 blah. it's common to wonder if everything is okay while or after experiencing an abortion in most cases there is nothing serious to worry about here are the things to look out for after your abortion so the symptoms that signal a possible complication a fever of lasting more than 24 hours heavy bleeding that doesn't stop or soaking more than 
two sanitary um, pads per hour, two hours or, or more in a row, worsening pelvic pain in the days following the abortion, continued symptoms of pregnancy after two or four weeks, you don't get your period after eight weeks, bad, bad smelling um, vaginal discharge, minimal or no bleeding in, the, in a medication abortion paired with continued pregnancy symptoms. Oui. So make sure, like the, the stuff that I just said, if you experience any of these symptoms, make sure you contact your doctor and let them know so they can know what the next steps are. Yeah, imagine paying for an abortion and not even having the abortion work. They could sue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because like incredible person. still pregnant. <laughs> Get the baby out. <laughs> but if you experience any of these, contact your healthcare provider, like your doctor. They may be they they may be a there may be a sign of an incomplete abortion requiring more treatment or of an infection. Infections can happen when not all tissue is expelled during the abortion. Severe pain with or without bleeding may be a sign of ex ectopic pregnancy, which is a pregnancy that is developing outside the uterus, usually in the fallopian tube. Abortion um, procedures are not treatments for ectopic pregnancies as the pregnancy will continue to grow, and ectopic pregnancy should be treated as a medical emergency. I've actually heard about that, but I think I heard about that in Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> mm. Because that, like, the baby's not supposed to be growing in your fallopian tube because that's more on your side mm-hmm. so fun fact and lastly um i briefly mentioned this before but about emotions and abortion so obviously having an abortion is can be difficult i feel like for anybody mm-hmm. for some people it can be a very stressful time for others it can be straightforward depending on your circumstances and yeah and what your family thinks or your friend friends think about what you're doing and each person and situation is different. Abortions occur for pregnancies that are both desired and undesired for a multiple of reasons. Talking to friends, family, or a partner about your decision or experience may be helpful for some people. Some people, because you, the people you may talk to may not agree with your decision. But yeah. others, it can lead to added stress. Yeah, and a large study in the U.S. found that three in four people felt positive emotions, such as relief, in the week after the abortion, while one in four felt predominantly difficult emotions during that time. People living in communities with more stigma around abortion, as well as people with less social support, were more likely to feel negative emotions. Both positive and negative emotions declined with time. Overall, about 99 in 100 people felt that they made the right decision when asked about it um, at various points over the three years following the abortion. So whatever your choices and experience are when having an abortion, know you're not alone. Yes. This is an <laughs> amazing, amazing um, article. I really liked how they pinpointed the emotions after an abortion because I feel like people don't think that, mm-hmm. you know, these kinds of things are going to, have an aftermath towards it because I learned a lot after my cousin had her baby and I didn't even know anything about postpartum depression because that thing is serious like not saying she had it severely but I never heard about it before in my life and seeing how you know having a baby especially like when you have a lot of things going on and the lack of sleep and barely eating having to run on two hours of sleep daily that's hard yeah 
like I also wonder if like the doctor like after they do the procedure do like they ask the the um the woman if they would like um I don't know mental health services or if they're experiencing any like depression or um symptoms yeah that would be important Um, yeah yeah I know that um like they said a lot of the patients after a medical abortion they stay in a room for up to half an hour or so to rest up I I've actually heard people talk about that and how they get checked up on people seeing if they're okay and um like they get snacks <laughs> they like get back that energy because they're you know drained they it's like going through your period all over again mm-hmm. I, and I can imagine like because you know I've never gone through an abortion but how they're making a scene and obviously it's not the exact same thing but it's like it's your period mm-hmm. but on another level yeah it's like hitting you with like bricks and it's like that's what happens <laughs> so that concludes <laughs> um the main part of this episode we've realized we've been talking for the past almost 60 minutes and we didn't realize how much time has passed and we want to we don't want to keep you guys for too long so we're gonna do a part three right tati yeah literally um we like i didn't think it would be this much like i thought it was all gonna fit in 60 minutes like, you know, like that article, reading it, like, it seems short. So maybe it was us and our inputs that made it a little bit longer. You know, sir. But yeah, guys. So, wow, this is the first topic that we have that we're doing three parts for. It's a very, it's a lot. It's a lot that goes into it. And it's a very controversial topic, especially right now. Mm-hmm. It's always been a contro- controversial topic, but I think when... When Amy Coney Barry, when she starts working on this case, people are gonna be you don't have some problems. We're gonna be talking about it even more, and it's gonna be a lot. Um, but yeah, so we decided, you know, to keep the rest of the information we want to say about abortion in the following episode. Yeah, and like I said in the last episode, I'm gonna say it again now for this episode. That stuff is gonna be crazy, real crazy. That's really gonna have you like. Yeah, I'm full for like women's rights and doing what they want to do with their bodies and abortion. But then again, it's like, damn, like it really got you thinking at the same time, like, is it really right? Like, you know, but then again, it's not us, you know, that we're going through. I mean, it's not us like experiencing the abortion and doing all those things to our bodies. So, you know, like, do we really have a say? Because everybody should be able to live their own life. Why do we need to have an input on it? It's just like someone that you don't even know like that trying to tell you something about their business, about your business, and they don't even know you. Like, Shadi, get out of here. Like, who mm-hmm. are you? But, by the way, <laughs> noticing last episode before we get into the current events, did you notice how many times I say like? No. Bro. How many times I say um? Yo, you say it less times than I say like. I say like. I said like, like literally 50 times in the last episode like i was counting and then i lost count but i was at 50. you were really counting yes i was literally saying it every other sentence like like yo like i really can't believe that like like and then it goes into this and then like and then i said it to my best friend she was like yeah like you always say like i'm like see 
like it's in, oh my god it's in my head now and i just have to stop saying it or i don't know when this problem started anyway let's get into the current events now um okay so the first current event I can't believe I'm about to say this. Although we, we've been, okay, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, Joe Biden is president elect. I'm about to cry all over again. <laughs> it's currently 12.58 a.m. and I'm literally here screaming downstairs, yo, like, I literally went to bed that night, like, nothing's gonna, like, I, look at me saying like again. Um, I didn't see the point in me waking up and looking for, at the results again because I saw the day before like we had literally discussed I think that same week that the results aren't coming in until the 12th which yeah. would have been yesterday so we said in the last episode yeah but they came in sooner because he ended up making a turn in Pennsylvania yeah Pennsylvania and it was another one Georgia correct well I don't know because Georgia they're still counting until now Although, oh word! Yeah, it's it's like it's still blue, but it's not officially blue because they're still counting. Yeah, that's crazy. They have like a few thousand left, so I don't know about that. Okay. So, but listen, I woke up that morning and I looked at my phone, and you had texted me saying, "Yo, Joe Biden won," and then my cousins were like going crazy in the chat. I was like, "Yo, I thought I was bugging. I thought I was still sleeping." I was like, "There's no way." There's no way. And then I literally woke up and ran downstairs screaming that he won. I didn't scream it down the block because then I would have gotten shot. But um, (laughs) yeah, I won. I was happy. When I found out, so I was like in my room chilling. I was doing homework. It was like 1230 noonish. And like I get I don't get news notifications on my phone, but I do get them on laptop. And it says something about Joe biden president-elect and i was i was like whatever and then i get a text from a group chat that i'm in and it was a a screenshot of the results and it had you know biden had more than 270 electoral votes Uh and then like i was just about to go on instagram just to see the double check and whatever to verify and my cousin calls me and i was and i asked her biden won and she's like yeah and i started to cry (laughs) (laughs) chills and my heart was going like a hundred miles per hour and I was like no way and I was like oh my god I gotta text Tati (laughs) yo you were literally you were the first message I saw I was like one love you thanks for texting me two oh my god like (laughs) and then Tati sent me a voice note and like I can tell she was crying too (laughs) I'm gonna (laughs) you still have it saved of course, all my voice memos are saved. Yo, I'm gonna pull that pull that up real quick. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> so Adiana texted me at 11:39 a.m. Mind you, I literally was just waking up at that time. She's like, "Biden F and one." OMG, I'm crying. I said, "Me too." Adiana, that also means that Kamala, however you say her last name, bro, is the first female vice president ever in history (laughs) that was last week last saturday yo 
crazy. Like shout out to everybody that went to New York City. You know, I don't live in New York City, but um, I yeah. wish I would have gone, but I didn't. But everybody was over there, like everybody was partying, a, a whole block party, a whole city party. Yo, the people on my block are mad. They've been, they have their Trump signs out still. I'm like, yeah. I was like, I was like, if my aunt was um, to let me put out a Black Lives Matter flag or whatever outside, I would, I would do it. <laughs> yeah, people were outside and on Saturday, like my cousin that lives in Harlem, she said like, as soon as the news came out, she heard people screaming in the streets, people mm -hmm. pots and like banging them and like people honking with their cars and stuff. So yeah, so on Saturday, November 7th, we found out Joe Biden won Pennsylvania, which led him with 284 electoral votes. And as we speak, actually this change, he has more than 290 because, but this is what we have yeah. now. <laughs> so so he, has, he has more than 290 electoral votes and obviously you only need 270 to win. In terms of popular, popular role, this is when we researched it. it definitely has changed now since they're still counting. Biden has over 76 million while trump has 70, oh, 71 million and like tati said in that in her voice memo kamala harris will be the first black and indian american woman to be elected as vice president and i saw the victory speech that night and i cried again mm. because yeah, like i was just so happy i was like it's my first time voting it was your second time voting and i was like man we're really out here telling people to vote 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 like and you know what we had our our doubts too because we're like you know if we can believe that trump could win because you know the world is corrupt and it really is so i was really surprised to see that wow my vote really mattered like you know like my vote really created some change in this world like and you know what listen biden really wasn't our first choice he really wasn't mine. I remember telling my dad, I was like, honestly, like now it's just Biden and Trump and I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but at the end of the day, he meets more of my, like my requirements, my standards and who I would want to lead this country in a kind of way, like the things that um, he was campaigning. And so I'm still kind of happy that my vote mattered. And you know what? If he does some messed up stuff and everything, you're going to hear him. I was on the podcast still. Oh, hell yeah. We holding him accountable. Yeah, period. Like, when I saw those posts, I was like, they're, like, taking the words right out of my mouth. That's literally how I felt. But sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, so I got emotional seeing the, the victory speech because they had a victory speech the same night, November 7th in Delaware, Kamala and, and Joe Biden. And just seeing Kamala on that stage, like somebody that looks similar to me, uh, another woman was just something, uh, it was something very powerful. And I was like, oh my God. You quiero llorar, yo. Oh, history. And like she said an amazing line, which has, I'm pretty sure you've seen it. We posted yeah. it on Instagram. While I may be the first woman in office, I will not be the last. Fire, fire. Period. Who who is the first woman in vice president office to say something like that? And Joe Biden said in one of his lines that he said in his speech that this is a time to heal in America. And he also said, I pledge to be a president who speaks, who seeks not to divide, but to unify, who doesn't see red and blue states, but a United States. So cringy, but facts. <laughs> Like, I really do hope, like, you know, like, that's the only thing 
like not even the only thing but that's one of the main things i really didn't like about trump is that you're supposed to be leading this country and yet you're supporting things that literally divide people and then there's people here that are, are being divided and still support him i'm like how when he's literally saying that what's called you deserve to get shot up in the street and it's not anything about the media it's not like what's called we don't see certain things of you know his whole speeches and all these this and that but how are you going to tell me that you hearing that when he says that doesn't strike red flags mm-hmm. you know so that's just one of the things that always bothered me with him and you know same thing about biden like when he became um you know, was elected, I was really surprised to see him, like, not stuttering and not saying, you know what I mean, you know? He does have a stuttering problem. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he has a stuttering problem, but he also, um, like, loses his train of thought easily, and people make fun no. that he has dementia and all that. He's 77, bro. <laughs> yeah. But listen, him and Trump are literally around the same age. Yeah. So... Um. And one more thing about has to do with the election. So this came out this week. Secretary of State Mike Pomeroy claimed that there will be a smooth transition to a second Trump term, which is BS. So he said this during a press conference at the State Department on Tuesday, on November 10th. And this person has a pretty much high position in the United States. You know, mm-hmm. they get appointed by the president and they carry out the president's foreign policies through the State Department, which includes foreign service, civil service, and U.S. agency for international development. So I don't know if he, he, this is like, this is also live. You can go on YouTube and search it up. He said this live in front of camera. I don't know if he was joking. I hope he is because clearly like the numbers, the numbers are there, bro. Yeah, literally like. I honestly like I'm down to see them um recount them because if they recount it the same exact thing, I'm like the numbers don't lie. It's just the same thing like statistics. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Can't be saying count every vote, every vote matters, and then when you see you're not winning, you're being a sore loser. And there was actually someone um that said this. I don't know if they were just a politician or they actually work in the government, but I heard them say this live on TV that just as these other presidents, and he was same presidents that, you know, had one term um, instead of two, he was saying just how they, you know, passed on to the next president and everything after their one term, that's exactly what Trump needs to do. And he needs to put on his big boy pants and just do that and congratulate um, Biden. And it was actually kind of heartwarming to see that even other countries were congratulating Biden. And I feel like it's going to play a big role in, you know, like trading and coronavirus. Yeah, coronavirus. But I also, I personally really care about the climate and the world and the earth and like all those earthly things. I really hope season two, we could talk about some earthly things mm-hmm. because I, I care about climate change and all the things that are harming the earth because, hello, this is the earth that we live on. Sure, we can argue about what's right and what's wrong, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if we don't have an earth to live on. Yes. So, yeah. So I'm pretty excited to see what he's going to do with things like that to help the earth. Mm-hmm. Looking for, what is it, January 26th? Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I think we're going to be, are we coming back to the podcast around that time? 
we'll, we'll discuss that but I, I think so by then we'll definitely so you'll hear us scream about it more yeah season two will be up and running by then so looking forward to january 26th or january 20th i don't know but yeah well we'll we'll talk about it yeah and then next stacy abrams yeah next stacy abrams a black woman who helped georgia turn blue who is stacy abrams a 46 year old politician and lawyer who ran for governor in georgia two years ago and lost by 55,000 votes due to voter suppression she still made it her duty to decrease voter suppression, especially in the Black community. In fact, she has been fighting voter suppression since she was 17 years old. I read that, actually, that she literally committed the last two years to getting people to register to vote and all these things so and help those communities. So what did she do? She and her team raised millions of dollars to organize and register, oh, I just said that, <laughs> um, and register hundreds and thousands of voters. Um, she got over 800,000 new Georgia voters since 2018 by knocking on the doors of communities that have never been touched. Wow. What was her result in her hard work? Georgia turned blue and votes are still being counted. Yo, she got that 800 right there. Georgia is traditionally a red state and that state hasn't won a Democratic presidential candidate since 1992. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't even know that. This year, there was a record of 5 million voters who voted for the election in Georgia, which is about 1 million more voters compared to four years ago in 2016. That's crazy. She saved the presidential election, the 2020 presidential election. for her. Yeah, shout out to her and her team. They did. They did it. We did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, like, I wish I was in a city party, but I was kind of still scared to go out because what's called there are crazy people out here and i'd be at work and people come into work with confederate flags on their mask and yeah i was scared to leave yesterday was my first time leaving the house since last friday yeah. because i was scared but i haven't left the house unless it was for work but continuing voters in utah removed slavery as a punishment for a crime from state constitutions so this is about to get crazy and you know this is one of the things that we missed last week because last week everything was focused on the president can presidential candidates so this happened last week so but we're gonna get it to you give it to you this week to keep you guys informed so article one section two of the utah constitution reads that neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for crime whereof of the party shall have duty convicted shall exist within the state. Basically, you know, those are the fancy words they put on the constitution. This means that slavery can still technically exist in prison or jail, not outside of um, prison or jail. In February of 2019, a bill was passed to remove Article 1, Section 21. And then for this year's election, it was on the ballot for voters to vote for against the removal of this Article 1, Section 1. Um, and then the ballot, this is what the ballot stated. Shall the Utah Constitution be amended to make the following changes to the Utah's Constitution's ban on slavery and involuntary servitude? Remove the language that allows slavery and involuntary servitude as punishment for crime and clarify that the ban has does not affect the otherwise lawful administration of the criminal justice system. So they voted either for or against. 80.5% 80, 
5%, which is about 1 million voted for yes to remove it, while two, over 200,000 people, 19.41, said to, to keep the law. And as a result, fortunately, it was removed since the more people voted for um, to remove it. <laughs> and now it's removed. Yeah, now it's removed. But like, when I saw this, like the fact that like Utah's constitution has the word um, slavery. Yeah. In there. And like, like but, really here trying to process in my head, like, am I hearing this correctly? So like, for, this is what the article said, that they were trying to process what like lawyers were trying to process, like what this means. So basically like when somebody goes to jail, prison, and they are, um, they're, they're forced to do like trade for very low money. Like, you know how, like, for, like, for example, like, right now, a lot of people who, who are inmates are making sanitizer for the, for the, yeah. for, so, like, they get paid very little money, like, cents per hour. Isn't that also in New York State? Yeah, that happens in New York State. Yeah. 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 Um, for me, personally, I see that as a f form of slavery, and I do see, you know, um, prison as a new form of slavery. That's my opinion. But the the fact that they had like the word slavery in there, and like the fact that um how many people two hundred over two hundred thousand people voted that they wanted to keep it, yeah, it's just it's like <laughs> listen, I feel like a lot of people forget that not everybody in jail is rightfully convicted sometimes, and even if they are convicted, it's sometimes it could be just for something small from like just stealing something, and I'm like, okay. So you have the mindset that them just stealing something they deserve to be because they're a slave and even face death penalty. Like, you know, like those things to me are minor and shouldn't be considered like something as slavery or even have to face the, the probability of having the death penalty, you know, because sometimes people really do face those charges and depending on the state. And so that is crazy because we we obviously know they do that upstate in New York, um, and the presence is there, but still, like, it's the fact that they consider it slavery, and, you know, like, we obviously know, at least I would hope you guys would know, how slavery, slavery really was back then, and not nothing nice, let's just say that. Like, there's a lot to it, and if we were to do an episode on slavery, it would be a whole season, because yeah. it's years and it's centuries of information on slavery so yeah it's the fact that it's 2020 and there's people in jail literally making hand sanitizers and this for what to get some medicine some talk time to talk to their loved ones through the phone to get some visitation rights you know mm -hmm. i don't know i don't like that either yeah unless they they separate the people maybe from like serial killers to people with small little things then maybe like have the serial killers do some work maybe they'll i don't know <laughs> yeah um, yeah we the the prison and jail system they need um they need yeah, a lot of help everything. yeah there's so much to talk about that's why i love our podcast because like Enough. literally every episode we talk about something you're like man that there's so much about that like or like what about that like like we'll have questions about certain things and be like we should do research on it and see what, what we can talk about so 
it's just so much to talk about. I love it. Like this, this podcast is never ending. Like literally we're going to have up to like 20. Oh yeah. And like, I didn't mean to cut you off. So like in our last, in our last post that we posted about like all the women that are got elected for this year's election and Congress and Senate, et cetera. So one of the Congresswomen liked their post. Oh yeah. For what was it? Ohio, Idaho? Um, Chuck- Illinois, Illinois. Oh yeah. But still like she, t- I didn't know to me that I was like, no freaking way. Are we famous? And it turns out AOC endorsed, endorsed her. So Marie liking our stuff, that means AOC is gonna find us soon. Yes, her name is Marie Newman. Shout out to her. She saw our post. Yeah. If we could get a congresswoman to see our page, imagine who else. Like, and I don't know if you've seen this, but AOC plays Among Us. (laughs) I I saw, yeah, yeah. She streamed it on Twitch and she was so cute and i was like man if we could get an episode where like we're all playing among us that'd be funny you gotta playing among us with aoc (laughs) that'd be funny but yeah guys this concludes this week's episode we'll see you next week with part three on abortion um don't forget to check out our last episode about the history of abortion and then tune in for next week's episode also (laughs) Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for all the support and we'll catch you guys next week. Bye.